0: Welcome to the Papa John's Braindroppings Podcast. start the show so I'm happy that you guys could join us this is the very first episode of Papa John's Braindroppings podcast and this show is brought to you by it's brought to you by this space for rent So if you've got a product or a service or a business that you want to promote, this is your chance to get in on the ground floor level, brand new podcast. Well, I say ground floor level, but it's more like the basement level. Okay, it's more like parking level two, uh, but it's an opportunity. This audience hopefully is going to grow. It's going to expand. It's a great way to get your product out there. So... Yeah, why not team up with Papa John's Braindroppings Podcast? And with that out of the way, let's get started with the show. So, one of the main questions I've been asked is, what the hell is Papa John's Braindroppings Podcast going to be? So to explain that, I've got to kind of explain like where the name even came from. So Papa John, that's my nickname, of course. Uh, Braindroppings is a term that George Carlin used a lot. He's one of my favorite comedians of all time. So that term, Braindroppings, I love, especially for a podcast. I think it's a great name. So we're definitely going to be using that going forward. So Papa John's Braindroppings, and it's a podcast instead of a vlog, even though it will be on YouTube in a video form. Uh, it's a podcast because I'm such a big fan of, of Joe Rogan's podcast Joe Rogan Experience JRE um, So This podcast is going to be Different Than Joe Rogan's podcast Obviously I won't be able to have as many guests And not definitely not the caliber That Joe Rogan has uh, But it's going to be fun It's going to be your show Just as much as my show Hopefully even more If the show goes well That's the goal Is that it's really going to be your show and it's gonna be based on the last 24 hours, so it's gonna be a lot of things that we're gonna be talking about. So, that's gonna be t- last 24 hours of the news, that's gonna be the last 24 hours of politics, that's gonna be the last 24 hours of sports, entertainment, movies, music, you name it. We're gonna be talking about it. Whatever is interesting, whatever is funny, um, anything and everything that's happened in the last 24 hours The goal is to make this podcast a daily podcast, obviously, making it 24 hours each podcast. Um, So that's basically the idea for the show. And to get started for the show, let's take a look back at the last 24 hours. So starting with Madden 18. Madden 18 was just released recently. Um, Anytime a video game gets released, usually that means there's going to be some glitches Uh, sure enough there are some glitches on Madden 18 and these are just a few of them and there we go the guy got tossed sorry about the technical difficulties guys first episode we'll get better at this Um, but yeah that didn't look too good he's probably going to be out for the season getting injured like that Uh, the second glitch that we've got here Let's take a
1: look.
0: And this one, I don't know if you guys can tell, but basically he was just calling for a flag the entire time. So that's what that glitch is for the game. And again, these are all glitches for the new Madden game that just came out, Madden eighteen, and the next thing I want to share with you guys that I found interesting in the last twenty four hours is Ric Flair. Uh, he's had a lot of health issues for a while. He recently posted this tweet, um, which only Ric Flair could could post. Let's be honest wearing a shirt that says, I ain't dead yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, without further, any further ado, let's listen to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair.
1: Hey, to all my fans out there, let me know worldwide that Nature Boy, woo, it's back up and running. Look at as over I can look. I want to tell all my fans out there, thank you for all the love, support, and I
0: will see you in a very, 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 very near future. Woo Who? It's the nature boy. So only Ric Flair could get away with something like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Um in addition to that, something that I found interesting politics wise now, kinda of shifting gears, we'll be doing that a lot on the show. Uh, a recent poll based from based on Uberfax. If you don't follow Uberfax on Twitter, make sure that you do. Lots of great information you'll find from Uberfacts on Twitter. Uh, But they said that a recent poll found that 57% of Republicans do not believe that gay and lesbian people face a lot of discrimination in the U.S. 57% of Republicans. I don't even know what to say other than to laugh at how ridiculous that is. But moving on. Uh, Dan Rickert actually had a really interesting tweet based on what we just saw from Ric Flair He was saying Ric Flair escaped death and immediately cut a promo on Twitter Well at the same time he actually and he actually did link to his store This man is pro wrestling incarnate for sure Another brain dropping that I had another idea that I had Posted about 23 hours ago, so moving in just an hour now Uh, I found out from Apple that at any time, movies that you've purchased can be modified or removed from the iTunes store, and therefore out of your library. So I'm finding that out the hard way, and this is what I mean by that. For the longest time, I just purchased a new Apple TV. It's awesome. Really no complaints. Until I found out that 16 of the movies that I purchased before are not showing up in my library, right? So I've created so many cases in the last week or so with Apple, trying to figure out what's going on, and ultimately this is what I found out, that at any time, and Apple's blaming the content providers, so they're blaming you know, 20th Century Fox, Universal Studios, any of the studios that really own these movies, they're not blaming themselves or taking responsibility, it's the studio's decision. That at any time they can just decide to modify or remove a movie that you've purchased, and then it's no longer in your library, so you can't really view it on Apple TV. So, yeah, found that out the hard way. Currently working with Apple to see if I can get some credits for those movies and you know repurchase them, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was kind of a bummer that I found out. Uh, if you weren't aware of that. You know, hopefully you can learn from, from me about that, um, but yeah, that's pretty disappointing. When you purchase something, you want to be able to own it forever. That's kind of the idea of digital media, but in this case, it doesn't look like that's really the case. So, moving on, uh, I woke up this morning to some pretty alarming news, as did I think most people, uh, going back into news and politics for a second. Uh, North Korea claimed that it successfully developed a hydrogen bomb, which can be mounted onto a long-range missile. Uh, So that was breaking news overnight, um, but it was something that I woke up to and saw on Twitter uh, from BNO News. And, yeah, uh, pretty scary stuff there, especially with what's going on right now between North Korea, Japan and the United States. Um, But we'll be talking a lot more about that subject as we go on in the podcast. Um, Again, the show is gonna be back and forth, that's why it's called Braindroppings. Uber Facts, so Uber Facts tweeted out 14 hours ago uh, that Donald Trump's chief strategist, Steve Bannon, who's recently no longer a part of the White House, owns a stake in Seinfeld. So believe it or not, the alt-right hero Steve Bannon actually owns some type of stake in the sitcom Seinfeld with, yes, Jerry Seinfeld, and may have made about $32.6 million off of that show's reruns. Talk about strange bedfellows, like... No, I don't think anybody would think of Seinfeld and think of Steve Bannon, but apparently that's actually the case, and apparently he's profited quite mightily from it, so that was kind of interesting to me. Um, so, again, one of the biggest stories of the day coming out of North Korea, the hydrogen bomb that they've tested, uh, a lot more brain droppings, a lot more tweets that we have to talk about that on this podcast. Um, so, Specifically from Anna Fifield, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, a lot of really good tweets from her uh, earlier today, about 17 hours ago. Uh, North Korea, she says, just conducted its sixth <laughs> nuclear test. So six nuclear tests. But this is actually, despite all of the rhetoric, despite all of the craziness that you've heard in the news, this is actually just the first time that they've tested nuclear weapons with Trump in office. Some other tweets from Anna. Uh, Japan's Prime Minister says he will not tolerate another nuclear test from North Korea and Japan actually sent up what they call sniffer planes uh, to try to detect if there's any radiation in that area. So obviously again the rhetoric getting a little bit stronger from Japan Uh, Later on in the day, it got stronger from the U.S. as well, from Donald Trump. Um, Some pretty scary stuff going on there with North Korea. Uh, The last nuclear test that North Korea had was actually in September of last year, um, and it created uh, a magnitude 5.3 in comparison to, like, an earthquake. This last one that they did earlier this morning, if you will, was a lot bigger. It was actually 6.3, which, you know, on the Richter scale, if any of you guys took science in middle school or high school, you'll know that that's a pretty big jump. That's a pretty big difference. Much more of a magnitude uh, in terms of the Richter scale. And South Korea also reported earlier today uh, that there's been a second earthquake in North Korea and this one was at a magnitude 4.6 so some after effects some aftershock there from the testing Uh, and Anna actually added to that uh, she was saying that the second quake related to the North Korean nuclear test could be related to a tunnel collapsing at the test site so again some pretty scary stuff going on there in North Korea Uh, Another interesting thing that I found uh, earlier today, 17 hours ago actually, uh, was from Apple, and Apple actually finally joining the net neutrality fight, Uh, there's an interesting article on Wired.com, so if you guys aren't following Wired on Twitter or you don't really browse Wired.com's website, really interesting article, I encourage you guys to read it. you know, it's interesting to see Apple being so delayed fighting, you know, uh, to join the net neutrality fight, but, uh, you know, at least they're there now, right? So hopefully we'll see some good things coming out of that. Uh, Another interesting thing that I found, and I don't know if everybody can see it there, maybe, um, Justin Verlander recently traded from Detroit long-time Detroit Tiger pitcher, uh, now pitching for the Houston Astros. So, uh, Karen Warren actually tweeted out some pictures of him wearing his new jersey, his new hat, looking pretty sharp in the Houston Astros jersey. Obviously, Houston, uh, you know after Harvey, lots of support, lots of uh, you know interest in what's going to happen with the Astros as we go into October. Um, Justin Verlander definitely adds something to their pitching rotation, so it'll be interesting to see what the Astros do now that they have Justin Verlander. And actually, to add to that, there's actually a video of Justin Verlander throwing in Astros gear for the first time, and we'll see if we can get that on the big screen. That's just Justin Verlander warming up, you know, in the bullpen. But that's the reaction that he's getting. So uh, some pretty interesting stuff there as we exit out of that. Again, this is the very first episode. I'll get better at this, but I do appreciate you guys' patience on this very first Papa John's Braindroppings podcast. Uh, but moving right along, uh, speaking of Houston, uh, as we said, Harvey, really devastating the area. Uh, many Houston ultra-polluted Superfund sites are flooded, and that's causing concerns because of the toxins that are spreading. And the EPA is not yet on the scene. Uh, this was from the Associated Press. Uh, so, You know, a lot of times you think of just the flooding, but there's also some other consequences that happen as well. Uh, The AP reporting that, uh, you know, the concerns about toxins spreading that's pretty serious stuff. Um, I think everybody's hearts, prayers, thoughts go out to the people of Houston right now um, through some very difficult times right now. Um, Speaking of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Rogan tweeted, earlier today, um, and if you guys are interested, definitely follow Joe on, on Twitter, uh, a video from CNN about an officer that's on leave after he pulled out a gun on a biker. Now, obviously, officers have been in the news a lot lately, and when I say lately, I mean pretty much every year for the last few years. Um, it's almost like every day we see another you know, footage, another video coming out of an officer doing something really stupid um, you know and, and something I'm becoming of, of being an officer we would like to think I would like to think um, but you know the more that this happens the more questions that get get that, that get raised uh, the more red flags that go up you know what the heck is going on um, you know and unfortunately a lot of times it just takes a few bad apples to make everything look bad Hopefully that's the case, and you know, hopefully, probably not the best word to use there because it is pretty crazy, but um, yeah, this is the stuff that you don't want to see. Um, if you guys missed it, you know, if this wasn't the first episode, if this was like the second episode, the first episode we would have talked about what happened yesterday out of Cobb County, Georgia, um, where there was an officer that pulled over a white woman and told her. Not to be worried because, haven't you heard, we only shoot black people? As if that's supposed to help anything for anybody. Um, You know, really disgusting, disgusting phrases being used by that officer. Um, You know, an even more disgusting behavior here. Um, This guy, apparently, this officer is from King County. Uh, He's a detective, uh, Richard Rowe and he did not identify himself as a law enforcement officer until 35 seconds after he approached this motorist so again I I don't even know what to say it's just so crazy Uh, that video is on CNN uh, and you guys can view that through Joe Rogan's tweet Uh, this was about 12 hours ago Um, you know some pretty interesting stuff Um, but speaking of videos And speaking of hurricanes, you know, we've talked about Harvey. There's another hurricane that's coming, uh, Hurricane Irma. And there's a clip that I'm going to show you guys where it's really hard for me to believe watching this clip, but they don't know, they can't accurately predict as of right now where Hurricane Irma is going to go it's 2017 and they can't accurately predict where it's going to go so I'm gonna sh- show you guys this video um, and for those of you guys listening on the podcast through iTunes stitcher or tune in you guys will be able to hear what's going on here it's pretty crazy
2: well nearly a week since Harvey hit there is another weather worry on the horizon because of this That swirling mass with the blood red center is the next big storm, Hurricane Irma. It could be headed for the United States, possibly even eastern Canada. CBC meteorologist Johanna Wagstaff is with us again tonight. Johanna, where is Irma and how strong is it right now? Well, Susan, the center of the storm is still about halfway between
3: Western Africa and the Caribbean Sea. The center is over 2,000 kilometers east of the Leeward Islands. But this is a very strong storm already, a major category three hurricane with sustained winds around that eye at about 200 kilometers per hour. Uh, This is the farthest east we've ever seen a hurricane form this early in the season. It still has to track through relatively cooler waters before it gets to the very warm waters around the Caribbean. And like Hurricane Harvey at one point, both these storms have intensified rapidly, going from tropical storm to major hurricanes hurricane in less than 36 hours but in we're still at least four days away from any land impact it doesn't bode well how much can we predict or even project could Irma hit the Gulf states for example or what about Canada Uh, Susan a lot of uncertainty in the forecast track so one to watch but still a ways to go before we get a real handle on what this storm will do. I want to show you a range of forecast paths or uh, various models showing what this storm could do. We have high confidence through to early next week. Once we get out to midweek, though, look at how these models diverge. We could see these storms track through the Caribbean towards the Gulf, or it may take a northern turn and track up that east coast towards Atlantic Canada. So one to keep an eye on, but still a lot of uncertainty in the past season. Okay,
2: Johanna, thanks for all your help this week
0: so yeah I don't know if you guys can necessarily all see it but the path that they're talking about and this is the United States here there's one path that would go way way up probably would hit eastern Canada there's another most projections It's looking like it would go Florida's way, maybe Georgia, maybe South Carolina, maybe North Carolina. So the fact that their projections are so all over the place is pretty crazy considering it's 2017. I just found that pretty hard to believe, pretty incredible. Another story that I found pretty interesting, again, it being 2017, is apparently there's a vulnerability for pacemakers... For hackers, and when I heard this story, I had to bring this to the podcast. I had to bring it to you guys because I just thought it was so crazy. Um, so I'm going to let you guys listen to this for yourselves to hear just how crazy this is.
2: Come on. Robert Tapper has had a pacemaker to regulate his heartbeat since twenty fifteen. When
1: you go into the pacemaker clinic, is they they take an instantaneous read? How's it behaving? at the moment that they're looking at it. It's a built-in radio.
2: Allowing doctors like Chi Ming Chow at Toronto's St. Michael's Hospital to monitor and even control the pacemakers through their computers. But in some pacemakers manufactured by a medical company called Abbott, formerly known as St. Jude Medical, a potential risk has been identified. The pacemakers could be particularly vulnerable to hackers. I think it's a very good and prudent thing to do to try to block any loopholes or potential uh, security issues. And uh, nobody should panic. Still in the US the Food and Drug Administration approved an update to the...
0: Let me pause it there for a second the fact that he even has to say nobody should panic especially in that tone you know if you've got a pacemaker you're probably panicking right now and if you've got a pacemaker you probably can't even afford to panic right now so I just found that choice of words pretty interesting along with the story
2: an electronic fix to close a detected loophole that could have potentially allowed hackers to remotely access or even tamper with patients devices. The concern is that if you know someone maliciously would be able to hack uh, through this radio frequency uh, using other communication uh, radios then they can potentially or inadvertently uh, program the pacemaker into um, uh, settings that is not appropriate for the patient. Neither Health Canada nor the manufacturer could tell us how many Canadians have this brand of pacemaker. But Health Canada says it's assessing whether to approve the programming fix. Still, cybersecurity experts say it points to a larger issue as medical devices become increasingly high-tech. We're lucky, very fortunate, that so far no patients anywhere have been reported to have had an adverse impact because of this. But we shouldn't rely on fortune. We should be relying on good processes to, to keep our regulators up to speed with these devices. Robert Taffer's pacemaker isn't the brand in question, but he'll check with his pacemaker clinic anyway.
1: Ask the pacemaker clinic if they know anything about it, and if they're doing anything about it.
2: It's what some doctors recommend other patients with pacemakers do if they're concerned they could be affected. Alison Northcott, CBC News, Montreal. Uh,
0: so again, pretty crazy story there. Pretty crazy that they're saying like not to worry about it, but obviously it's something to worry about. Um, If you do have a pacemaker, I hate to say it, but a hacker hacking your pacemaker, that's pretty crazy. Um, going on, 10 hours ago, again, Uber Facts. We're probably going to be talking a lot of Uber Fact tweets throughout these podcasts. Um, but they had an interesting one that I wasn't quite aware of. I'm sure you guys may not have been aware of. Uh, everybody knows Daylight Savings Time was introduced by Benjamin Franklin. But what you probably didn't know about it was that it was part of a satirical essay. The concept wasn't necessarily meant to be taken seriously, and it was. Obviously, we do use daylight savings time. So Benjamin Franklin cracking a joke, but that joke turned into reality. Um, Another story that I wanted to share with you guys that I found really crazy is what's going on in Latuna. uh, Latuna fire in Los Angeles. Is actually now the largest fire in terms of acres in Los Angeles City history. Now you think about wildfires and you think about California, this is pretty crazy that it's the largest one. It's kind of flown under the radar because of Harvey, but I think it deserves just as much attention. So with that being said,
1: something, you know, something I wanted to say as I talked to the Let's chief, uh, listen we to, that we will be able to this story. ...largest, I guess, fire in the city of Los Angeles? ...by we, acres, we, I was told that, and I shared that with the mayor, and we, we can't recall anything larger just by acres. So if, if you look at it from the air like we just did, it's a large area. 5,000 acres is significant.
3: I guess,
1: anywhere else, it would be a whole bunch of homes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Well, this is ringed by homes. I mean, this is a con- confined box, but not a contained box, I think is the best way to think about this right now. And so, you know, there's different terms, but when you have something contained, you're 100% sure it's not going to move. But it is confined, and, and the, the resources that are put in there, I want to reassure people, are to make sure that as this burns out, because people hear 10%, and they think it's 9% out of control, and it's not. We have firefighters that are confining this as it goes. Chief, would you say in directions is this fire of the active fronts moving southwest, and northwest, generically? Well, I think it's it's doing both. Yeah, it's it's doing all that. And to the mayor's point, he's absolutely right. Uh, you know, then don't let the numbers scare you. As I flew over, I was looking at the deployment of our fire engines and our firefighters in all the communities where the fire is backing down. And they are protected there are resources in those communities and that's something you know something I wanted to say as I talked to the chief uh, he had great confidence that we will be able to defeat this fire with um, great confidence that uh, we can continue with the strategy to move forward with the exception if winds just pick up and go wild but if things continue the way they are despite the growth of this fire I want to reassure people uh, that what we see on the ground what we see out there is a fire that we can contain ultimately
0: so, again, crazy story there in Los Angeles. Uh, hopefully, everyone is doing well that's out there. Um, but I found it interesting too that the firefighter there actually looks a lot like Tom Selleck with his mustache. So, um, you know, if he is like how Tom Selleck is in the TV shows and the movies, hopefully, they're in good hands. uh another brain dropping that i had about seven hours ago i was just finishing up watching uh the sci-fi movie arrival starring amy adams james renner um i'll be honest it was an okay movie it wasn't really that great but a lot of times like that genre of films like you know some people really like them some people really don't for me this movie was kind of mixed it wasn't that bad but it wasn't that great. Um, the hardest thing I found for me to be able to suspend my disbelief was Amy Adams' character being able to translate the alien's language so quickly. and it just it didn't make sense to me. So I had to tweet, how did they know Amy Adams character wasn't just making shit up on the movie Arrival? Um, you know, if you've seen the movie Arrival, you'll know what I mean. If you haven't seen the movie Arrival, it's not really a spoiler, it's in the trailer. Um, She's, you know, a linguist who's, you know, really good with other languages, and she teaches the aliens our language, English, and she somehow learns their language as if they're trying to teach her their language as she's trying to teach them English. It's kind of difficult to suspend your disbelief for that, but if you did and you enjoyed the film, all the power to you. I really didn't. I, I found that a very difficult obstacle to overcome in enjoying this film. Uh, the other brain dropping that I had, uh, this was, you know, we've talked a lot about Harvey, this is another one. As you guys can tell, this is a grocery store in Houston. Uh, But Shannon Hillis has a good one She says, even in a disaster No one wants the vegan food (laughs) (laughs) So as you can tell Everything else around it Has been cleared out But the vegan food is still there Um, So people of Houston Apparently not a lot of vegans out there Um, A lot of vegan food Still on the shelves though So, you know um, the other thing that came out today, uh, and this was from Kyle Griffin. Kyle Griffin, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, I strongly, strongly encourage you guys to. At uh, Kyle Griffin1. Uh, he's got a lot of really good tweets for news items, uh, especially US politics wise. Um, he had this tweet with the complete letter uh, that Barack Obama gave to Donald Trump on Inauguration Day. Now, If you pay attention to politics, and if you've paid attention to Donald Trump's presidency, and even if you don't follow a lot of politics, you've probably followed Donald Trump's presidency anyways, because it's been such a train wreck and a disaster. Um, But you'll hear more of my brain droppings on that as time goes on. If you recall, when Donald Trump first took office, he did, I believe it was a 60 Minutes interview. I might be wrong on the specific news program, but... He did, I want to say, 60 Minutes. And he was saying that he got a letter from Barack Obama, but that he wouldn't read it to anybody. It was too complicated. Uh, He wouldn't show it to anybody because he just didn't want to show it to anybody. Fair enough. You know, a letter from one president to the next, that could be a very personal letter. Um, What was interesting was that he really thought that the letter was thoughtful. was the biggest quote, I believe, that he had for it. So, you know, fast forward about half a year, almost a year, and sure enough, just like everything else in the Trump administration, the letter has been leaked. Um, But it was actually a pretty interesting letter, so I'm going to take the time right now uh, to read it out to those of you guys that are listening on iTunes, those of you guys that are watching on YouTube, um, or any other platform that we're on. just so you guys can hear this letter because I thought that it actually was a pretty decent letter from Barack Obama to Donald Trump considering the politics, considering you know the personal issues between the two men um, I thought Barack Obama wrote a very as Donald Trump said actually, thoughtful letter um, so it says Dear Mr. President Congratulations on a remarkable run Millions have placed their hopes in you and all of us underlined all. All of us, regardless of party, should hope for expanded prosperity and security during your tenure. This is a unique office without a clear blueprint for success, so I don't know that any advice from me will be particularly helpful. Still, let me offer a few reflections from the past eight years. So again, this is from Barack Obama to Donald Trump, Barack Obama reflecting on the last eight years of his presidency uh, for the incoming president at the time, Donald Trump. Uh, So first, we've both been blessed in different ways with great good fortune. Not everyone is so lucky. It's up to us to do everything we can to build more ladders of success for every child and family that's willing to work hard. Second. American leadership in this world really is indispensable. It's up to us, through action and example, to sustain the international order that's expanded steadily since the end of the Cold War, and upon which our own wealth and safety depend. Obviously talking about the U.S. there. Third... We are just temporary occupants of this office that makes us guardians of those democratic institutions and traditions like rule of law, separation of powers, equal protection, and civil liberties that our forebears fought and bled for. Regardless of the push and pull of daily politics, it's up to us to leave those instruments of democracy at least as strong as we found them. And finally, take time in the rush of events and responsibilities for friends and family. They'll get you through the inevitable rough patches. Michelle and I wish you and Melania the very best as you embark on this great adventure and know that we stand ready to help in any ways which we can. Good luck and Godspeed, B.O. Not body order, <laughs> not body odor. Uh, Barack Obama. Right, um, So, very thoughtful um, letter from Barack Obama to Donald Trump. Very interesting considering the personal issues between the two men, the politics as well. Um, very interesting to see Barack Obama kind of rise above that and write such a nice letter to the incoming president, uh, Donald Trump. And again, that tweet from Kyle Griffin. If you're not following him on Twitter, please do awesome tweets about politics all the time. Uh, He's definitely a good source for material. He will be a good source of material for us here at Papa John's Braindroppings Podcast. Um, The other thing, so this is our first episode, but this episode happens to fall on a Sunday. On Sundays, a lot of times on Papa John's Braindroppings Podcast, we'll throw in a few bits of humor towards church, Um, and in this case, A church sign Uh, so this church sign I don't know if you guys on YouTube can see it necessarily uh, but it says I find your lack of faith disturbing obviously a quote from Darth Vader so I thought that was pretty funny the tweets there um, from Brittany Stoess uh, that's s-t-o-e-s-s and this was actually a tweet all the way back on August 27th but it happens to be a tweet that I saw today so uh, you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, you probably see the humor in that. If you're not a Star Wars fan, you probably still see the humor in it because Star Wars is just a part of pop culture. Um, So, that brings me to just five hours ago. Uh, So five hours ago, uh, I was watching a movie, uh, so I think I married an axe murderer uh, with Mike Myers, you know, one of his earlier films. Um, in that film, over and over and over again, as if you needed repetition for the song because it, it's, it is definitely an earworm. It gets stuck in your head. Uh, it constantly plays the laws, there she goes. Um, if you haven't heard that song, please go and check my tweet. I've got the YouTube link right there. I wish I could play the song for you right now on the show, but if I did, I know that that would get us kicked off of YouTube, so that's not going to happen. Um, But if you're interested in listening to the song, I've got the tweet right there with the YouTube link, or you can just Google it, YouTube it yourself, either way. Um, But the band is The Laws, and the song title is There She Goes. I'm a horrible singer, but I can give you the lyrics. There she goes, there she goes again. If you've not heard that song, when you play it, you'll probably remember it. It's been in a lot of commercials, which is actually a tweet that I'm going to be talking about with you guys. Um, But the song, when you think about it, it seems to be that it's just about admiring a woman, right? There she goes, there she goes again. But if you go deeper than that, a lot of people think... And this was interesting to me because I never really thought about this song this way... But with the lyrics, it's almost like it's an ode to heroin. And these are the lyrics that make it pretty interesting case for that. Uh, there she goes again, racing through my brain. Pulsing through my vein. No one else can heal my pain. So, you know, you guys decide. Um, There's an interesting bit of research I did about this The singer of the band The main singer um, Did experiment with heroin But apparently it was the year after They made this song At least that's what he's saying So if that's the case It probably isn't about heroin And we're probably reading too much into the lyrics But he could be lying And it very well could be an ode to heroin The lyrics make sense for that Um, But I just found that Pretty interesting. Um, if you haven't heard the song, I actually encourage you to listen to it. It's stuck in my head. Um, I'm not the best guitar player, as you could probably tell from the intro, um, but I was trying to learn the song. Uh, I was actually even thinking of playing it as the very first song on the podcast, but I stuck with some classic Nirvana, "Come as You Are," um, you know. I'm pretty good at that song I'm not so good at this song not so good at chords more tabs is my style um, but yeah pretty interesting stuff if you haven't heard that song I encourage you to listen to it it is a it's a good song and it will get stuck in your head um, this was hilarious to me and I hope this doesn't get us kicked off of YouTube because it's technically not the song by itself but this song was actually used (laughs) sorry this song was actually used for a commercial for the pill Um, so in hindsight especially with what we just talked about that it's a song that could be an ode to heroin it's either not the best song to have for a commercial like this or it's the perfect song for a commercial like this I'll let you guys be the judge, but hopefully this doesn't get us kicked off of YouTube. We'll play it. If it does, there I'll... Let you. She
2: there she be goes. true to yourself with a birth control pill that gives you a high level of effectiveness and a low level of hormones like tricycline low. You get clinically proven effectiveness, cycles that are more predictable. And it's nice to know that Ortho tricycline Low is from the maker of the number one prescribed birth control pill. The pill does not protect against HIV or sexually transmitted diseases. Serious risks include blood clots, stroke, and heart attack. Cigarette smoking increases these risks, especially if you're a smoker over 35. Women who use the pill are urged not to smoke. Women who have blood clots, certain cancers, a history of heart attack, or stroke, and those who could be pregnant should not use the pill. For more information, talk to your healthcare professional. Or call 1-800-THE-PILL. High effectiveness. Low hormones. Ortho tricycline
0: low. So there you go, (laughs) I'm sorry, this is hilarious to me, Um, so the pill with the song that could be about heroin, take it in. Moving on, Uh, so this is a tweet from, and this will actually be the last tweet for the show, uh, from Mike Farb, so we're going to pick things up on episode number two from this tweet on for the last 24 hours or so um mike farb says and he's retweeting actually wendy siegelman who says that russia linked bots are honing their online attack plans ahead of the 2018 u.s election and there's a link to bloomberg about this so Already, accusations are there that Russia is going to, and, and plans to, hack into the 2018 U.S. elections. Um, yeah. So, we're going to be talking a lot about politics. We're going to be talking a lot about the U.S. and Russia. Um, obviously, some pretty scary stuff there. Um But again, you know, I want to thank everybody for joining us, Um, especially this being our first episode. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, be sure to like and comment if you're watching this on YouTube, which I know a lot of you guys are. Um, If you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to be part of the show, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter.com slash TheJohnDNewton. Um, that's Newton, and that will be also posted on YouTube. It's going to be posted everywhere. That link. So if you didn't quite catch that, that's okay. It'll it'll be posted. Um, if you're watching this and you really want to help to promote this show, uh, you can like and share this on Facebook.com/slash PJBD podcast. So Papa John's Braindropping Podcast PJBD podcast. Uh, And that link will also be at the bottom of this YouTube video as well. Um, We will also be uploading this onto iTunes, uh, which I'm really excited about. So if you're just listening to this show on iTunes, uh, you know, definitely continue to download our shows. Please subscribe. That will definitely help us. Uh, And if you can, if you really want to help this show on iTunes, write a review for this show. Because the more reviews, especially the more positive reviews, uh, the, the more likely that more people will be able to hear the show on iTunes. So I can't encourage you guys enough for that. Um, we're also on podcast.com. That's actually the host for this podcast right now. Uh, and we, we plan to upload onto Stitcher and TuneIn as well. Uh, so in the future, we may also set up ways that you guys can help to contribute to the show. Uh, so we're looking at different options right now. PayPal could be an option. Uh, Patreon could be an option. Uh, so if you're so inclined to help us uh, in terms of funding, uh, in terms of you know us being able to maybe go from podcast.com, which is a free service, to SoundCloud, uh, so that we could have like unlimited bandwidth. Because you know if we want to do this show on a daily basis, we kind of need unlimited bandwidth. Uh, you know that would be so much appreciated. Every penny is a big deal. Um, so, you know, if, if you want to contribute that way, that would definitely help. And lastly, uh, we're going to be looking in the future of trying somehow, some way, uh, to create hats, t-shirts, uh, different products that you guys can purchase to help support uh, this podcast as well. So all those things are in the pipeline. All those things will be happening. Again, thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of the podcast. And Can't wait for the next episode, which will be hopefully tomorrow. So thanks for watching, guys.